people think we're experts on anything other than just four yokels that have somehow like strung microphones together. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Humans of Higher Ed. We are excited to be back. It has been a whole week. Actually it hasn't, because I guess we recorded late in the week last week. So this is two in one week technically, and you're welcome. But we're excited. We've got the full gang back this week. Billy has rejoined the ranks. He is back on... Well, that makes it sound like he was in trouble. He wasn't in trouble, but he is here this week. Uh, We're thriving. Thriving. Okay, maybe not. That's a lie. That was that was me being optimistic. We are uh, wallowing in our workload and having sad, pathetic thoughts. How, I, how does that sound? It sounds good. I had to take a freshman seminar when I was in college called Surviving and Thriving. Uh, and, uh, we are on, I think on the surviving, we are surviving right now. <laughs> Literally just like scrapping our way through each day. <laughs> Billy, what did you do with your week off? How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back, but I gotta, I gotta tell you, listening to the podcast when you weren't on the podcast, maybe this says something about my contribution to the show, but I enjoyed the show a lot more as a listener this week. I think than I normally do listening to it again yeah. after having already recorded it. Maybe that's it. Yeah, that's I think as someone who contributions. As someone who edits this, it's painful <laughs> listening back when you're a part of it. But when you're not a part of it, it's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. It's fresh. It is, it's fresh. Fresh. Well, we're excited to have you back. Joel, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> not much. It's warm in Massachusetts and so I'm um, trying to stay in the air conditioning as much as possible. Nice. That's good. You do look exceptionally uh, sweaty. To I, just, I just came from a run, so that's why. Thanks for the call out, as our viewers can obviously tell on this visual medium. It's like a hot sweat, though. It's not a gross sweat. You know, you look like you... Nah, it's, it's a gross sweat. <laughs> All right, man. You don't want to take the win, don't take the win. I'm just amazed at how long Joel's hair is getting. It is. This is... This is... I don't know. I don't know that I've seen hair that luxurious. Yeah. In a while. This like, is, I mean, this is '90s grunge hair, but yeah. in a good way. In a good that way. Makes sense. He's like a lion. Thank you. You know what I mean? This Some is mean. Lorenzo Lamas hair, is what this is. <laughs> what was uh? What's the guy that uh, most moms were into? Fabio. This Fabio. Is Fabio's yeah. situation. My the only thing I remember Fabio for was. I lived in Virginia Beach at the time, and Bush Gardens Williamsburg opened a new hypercoaster with like a 250-foot drop, and he was on the front seats. Um, it was called Apollo's Chariot. He was in the front seat for the inaugural ride, and he got smacked in the face by a Canadian goose. Um, best pictures ever. He was like, tried to sue the park and stuff, and they're like, nope, you signed a waiver, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you know, like, three weeks later, I had to go ride it. So, like, that's the only reason I know Fabio now is he got hit in the face by a goose, and he well, deserves it. Can you imagine suing Bush Gardens because you got hit with a goose? Yeah. But also, what a lovely metaphor for the times we live in that uh, you signed a waiver, not our fault you got hit in the face with a Canadian goose. Oh, man, I got to tell a goose story that I'll – we probably got to – I don't know if we'll put this in there. I, this was this was actually while I was working at Dean Billy. I went golfing in um, Plainville, and a, a place called Heather Hill, and I just 
put everything into a drive, just smoked it, smoked it, and I took a goose right out of the sky, and I hit, I hit it right in the like neck. Duck hunt. Yes, like duck hunt. I hit it right in the neck, and it was like and down, and then and then like. 3,000 geese. It was almost like an anchorman when he like, he's like, news team assemble. And like everybody from the wild shows up. Just geese came from everywhere. I was terrified. I picked up my clubs and I went home. I didn't, I was on like the fourth hole. I was like, F this. I'm not interested. I was like shaking. I didn't want to, I'm like pretty sure it died, but I wasn't going to stick around to find, I felt like Kendall in succession. I was like, just get out of the car and left. Also, spoiler alert, although not really, because that wasn't specific enough. But, whew, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. So, I understand. I'm glad Fabio sued, I guess, is my takeaway. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to take all that out, probably. So what I'm taking from Jason's comment is everyone should read the waiver before they go back to campus this fall oh. is what I'm taking away from this. Uh, Don't sign anything until you've read it fall 2020. But doesn't that go uh, also for those uh, like bounce houses and uh, bouncy boxing that uh, we do anyway as well? Yeah, but there's a difference between, like, I'm going to get a bracelet that lets me go on the bouncy house, and I'm going to go live in a building with 1,500 strangers who may all have COVID-19. <laughs> who probably I can't tell you what magnitude of difference there is, but I'm not going to get a bracelet for COVID-19, <laughs> one of those little if you do paper it, bracelets. If you do, it's a hospital bracelet. Oh, oh. <laughs> I wonder about the... Uh, the waivers for the uh, bounce house axe throwing things that are all the rage now, right? That combine. Okay, maybe it's not a bounce house, but it's definitely an axe throwing thing. Yes. Oh, yeah, where you can drink <laughs> at the axe throwing. Yeah, the greatest idea in white. Well, no, they have those at, at NACA also, right? Like you can book an axe throwing like trailer where you and uh, the students that you discipline, if you're in community standards, can throw axes together, which always ends well, or so I think. This isn't like pretend axe land. These are like you could take these out and, and chop some firewood, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is an axe. It's I, not I, nerf. I, I got to imagine institutions are going one or two ways with waivers right now where they're getting like ultra, ultra specific. Or incredibly vague. Where it's just like, if anything happens, we're covered. <laughs> if you get hit in the face with the Canadian goose yeah. on our campus, you can't sue. Yeah. Even if something positive happens, we're not responsible. Like, we are just not responsible for any of this. <laughs> the great gray area of 2020. Yeah. We just exist here, okay? We're just... A collection of buildings mm -hmm. and some lessons. That's all we are right now. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's check in on our content corners. Anybody got anything new and exciting they're happy to report on? Um, not new or exciting. I talked about this last week. Uh, we're here on HBO, which is Eureka, Shangela, and um, Bob the Drag Queen um, going around doing drag in small towns. Um, if you haven't seen it, 
no spoilers, but the last episode of the first season have multiple boxes of tissues uh, on your couch with you before you watch it because, man, Eugene and I were just like soborific the whole episode. It's it's very good, but it, it definitely tugs your heartstrings. So oh, that's nice. The last episode of the first season is that what you said? Yep. All right, I'll get my tissues ready. There you go. So I'll, I'll go in the exact opposite direction uh, in an effort to uh, be able to the brain of Joan. Um, I subjected myself to multiple episodes of The Floor is Lava, uh, which is a new game show on Netflix where teams of three, I don't know, douchebags walk into a room where there's lava on the floor. Real lava? And they have to get, yes, real lava, Mike. Uh, No, not real lava. It is Orange-colored well, bubbling water. Yeah, hold on. Uh, hold is. on, Jason. Don't get, don't get, don't yeah. get upset with Mike for thinking there's real lava when you say they walk into the room and there's lava. It is 2020, with, Jason. Yeah, and you also had a voice inflection like it was real fucking lava. I didn't do anything weird here. <laughs> well, here's, here's the highlight of it, right? So we know this is just like viscous orange bubbling liquid, right? It's probably like cornstarch and lube. I don't know. Uh, But when someone falls in it, everyone else on the team goes into mourning, right? They're like, oh, my daughter, she's gone forever. What are we going to do? Oh, I miss you. And then, like, the brother's like, we're doing it for my sister. Go. It's so weird. Like, they've all bought into this illusion that the floor is lava, and they're so concerned. It's wild. Um, also, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> so one episode, an hour, an hour. They get three teams through a room in an hour. The The narrator explains the room to you approximately a million times because we're too dumb to understand the point when the floor is lava is to not touch the lava because it's lava um so that's what i watched um so we get a tweet about that somebody somebody tweeted at us saying ra training is going to be all the floor is lava or incorporating it somehow and i was uh, the joan line yeah oh so i truly thought that it was just like i don't know i run gym classes for kids where i'm like hey the floor is lava so you got to jump from like pillow to pillow like i and i was like oh that's what we're talking about this is a game this is a real tv show the I mean, floor is lava you should real. you should you should the sue them for ip theft yeah that's my yeah that you're right thank you Joel that is ip theft i yeah. i want to cut <laughs> i want to cut so then i can be a working man again <laughs> Uh, all right, so the floor is lava on Netflix. I'm still, I'm still a little pissed of how upset you got when I was like, "Wait, it's lava!" <laughs> like, I don't know. It's Netflix, yes. man. If they want to put lava in a room, Netflix will figure out how oh. to di- divert a volcano into a <laughs> studio in Burbank. Listen, if they've They'll got en- it out. if they got enough money to pay David Spade to make some garbage movies, they've got enough money to create lava. I want you to watch the first episode and report back on how over the top the mother and son are when the uh, the daughter succumbs to lava death. Uh, You know what? Uh, 
I'm going to do a bonus episode where it's essentially like a live stream of me watching the floor. <laughs> the floor oh, I want to be in on this. I, I, I would like to, All right. to be put in. All right, we'll do it. We'll we gotta, do it. We got to figure out Twitch one of these days. We got to figure out how to actually do live stuff. That's I, a thing we should figure out. I think we get to pay a young person to produce it for us. For real. Like, I think that's how that needs to happen. I think, uh, I know people who, like, produce comedy stuff on Twitch, and I, I would like to think myself savvy. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't understand how it works. So, we'll get a volunteer to make us a GoFundMe so we can pay someone <laughs> to teach us how to use Twitch. Because I know, I don't know how to use GoFundMe or Twitch, so I'm out on this equation. I think, I, I do, th- I would pay somebody. I would I would pay somebody to. Produce. I have people who I would gladly pay. Do you know people, Jason? Oh yeah. All yeah. right, let's let's do it. Let's do some live stuff. All right. It's dangerous though. There's no edit button in live stuff. <laughs> oh, they'll get the real unedited us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Billy. What, what about you? You watching anything? You reading anything? You listening to anything? Honestly, I I I'm I'm catching up on two weeks here and I have just been busy out of my mind. I couldn't tell you like what I've been reading or watching it. Like the last two weeks just feel like a blur for me. No YouTube deep dives? Uh occasionally you know, honestly one of the one of the most relaxing parts of the day is like at at night before we go to bed, like you could just find like ten minute long collections of like old vines or memes. Like that's the only thing I can really remember consuming for consumer corner here. I love I love that. That's the only thing I can remember is like watching old Vine compilations. Vine, I love that you're watching Vine compilations. My favorite party trick, and it and it inevitably happens anytime there's a mass gathering, and Joel has uh, been the victim of many of these, is uh, you break out YouTube and you go down this very specific rabbit hole that always leads you to Vine compilations. Um, Vine compilations and the literal video for Total Eclipse of the Heart. (laughs) I'll add that one. I'll add that one to the repertoire as well. Please don't. It's so good, Billy. No, it's not. I would also like to be there when you watch it for the first time. Okay, you can go over there and not be in my living room then. Wow. Wow. I'm still coming over, Joel. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, what am I watching? I Well, reading. I'm still reading Bakari Seller's uh, Vanishing Country, making my way through that. He also just announced he's doing a podcast with The Ringer, which is cool, although The Ringer under scrutiny if you're reading The New York Times. Tough week for The Ringer. Um, but Bakari Sellers is great. That's been a good read. Uh, for what am I watching? I, oh, I, uh, I started watching Counterpart, which Alana uh, recommended last week, and it's bananas. It is bananas, but it's J.K. Simmons, so it's whatever. I'm going to watch it, and it's two seasons. I'll watch two seasons of, like, crap, so... What a ringing endorsement! But it is—it's pretty good. Um, I definitely—I put that on my list, but like I haven't even touched the list. Yeah. Like, but like listening to that, I remember it was on—it was on like Stars or something when it was originally on air, so to speak. And I remember wanting to watch it. So when she mentioned it's on Amazon on streaming now, I got really excited. But I just haven't, like I said, I just haven't taking time to consume things so yeah. to speak it's pretty good I, I enjoy it and then i also started hbo's new show perry mason because matthew reese is in it and i love i love him uh but it's too dark we don't need that right now that's 
It's only one episode, but it was dark as hell. And it's not the Perry Mason I remember. I think that's it. Oh, we rewatched season one of Succession, too. That's why I had a Succession reference earlier. Because Kelsey hasn't seen it yet. And, oh, man, I love that show. It's rich people doing dumb, rich stuff. And I, I enjoy watching that. <laughs> All right, cool. I think that's good. It's good corner updates. Uh, before... Content corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Content corner. Bringing uh, you content. <laughs> Um, all right, so I went live today on Instagram uh, to um, to try to get some questions from our listeners to provide some topics for this week, uh, and I will say most of it were taking shots at my hair, so cool, uh, but before we get into some of the questions, I felt like it was important to check in with Billy one more time because it's been a couple weeks. And I don't know, has anything has anything been taken out of that freezer lately? Uh, no, I think I think we worked through most of the you know, the, the main entree type type stuff. Wow. All right, so yeah. Billy, I guess I mean, the... this is like week thirteen of of <laughs> quarantine Sylvania. Well that brings me to uh, my next thing. I think you should give us uh, give the listeners your address, and we can send you some frozen <laughs> stuff to restock the freezer. No, thank you. <laughs> I do love that idea of you just getting like random meat in the mail. <laughs> frozen I, meat. Yeah. I'm not going to turn down meat, <laughs> but I'm also not going to ask for it. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. So, uh, that's the difference between you and Jason. If if you're interested and you're listening, uh, what what I'm hearing is Billy would uh, be interested in uh, getting some frozen meat delivered to his house. So feel free to DM us, and we'll uh, glad you, gladly yes. send you his address. That's this week's ask. This week's listener ask is hit us up in the DMs with the meat that you're willing to send Billy. God. So you're asking people to. Slide into your DMs with some meat for Billy. That's that's, yeah. that's where we're going this week. Yep. And if you're taking yeah. that the wrong way, feel free to slide into Jason DMs. Yeah, those DMs are open. <laughs> Talking to you, DiGiorno. <laughs> They're already there. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get into some of these questions. Um, a lot of them, you know make sense because they revolve around COVID and I feel like that's on everybody's mind. So we can kind of see where the conversation goes from them, from there. But the first question that I'm interested in, and I don't think any of us have any, actually we should start there. Any answer that we provide truly is trash. Like you don't, we are not experts in this. So we are just, just like slinging it right now. So please do not Take this back to your institutions and being like, well, I heard on this satirical podcast <laughs> that this is what we need to do. Please don't do that. Unless it's Jason's recommendation. He actually works in higher ed, so you can listen to him. Even then, don't listen to Jason. Um, all right, so let's say the first one that I, I was interested in was the idea of how do we hold people accountable? And the the way this question was asked was how do we like – hold students accountable with with social distancing and all of the new COVID policies. But I'm also, so we'll, we'll talk about that, but I'm also interested in talking about how we hold staff members accountable, which is probably trickier than holding students accountable. 
Um, I don't know. So what are, anybody have any thoughts on that? I've kind of had the same recurring thought about the whole Karen movement where, you know, people are posting these videos of, you know, quote unquote, Karens in the wild <laughs> that are like flagrantly just, you know, just not following social distancing and like almost being like proud and getting in people's faces to, to like flaunt their lack of social distancing. And like the world in Moss is, is, you know, shocked by this behavior. But in reality, Karening is just like a higher elevated form of just like the entitled students and, and students, parents that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like Karening is, is kind of par for the course. If you've been around students long enough in many ways. So it's really interesting to wonder when Karens come back to campus, what what possible chance or or hope we could have to even remotely contain the Karening. I also I wonder if that actually makes us more equipped to deal with it because we've been dealing with it. I like I feel like Karening, that idea of Karening has been the most successful topics that or successful posts that we've had are all revolved around Karening. Um, so I do wonder if we're almost like prepared, not prepared, but less intimidated by Karening. <laughs> it's like when you, when you've had to convince someone like why they should have shoes on in public spaces, it's not that far to have to figure out how you're going to convince them to wear a mask. Like, you know, when you knock on a door for a room check and like someone shows up and they don't have clothes on, like that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a breeding ground for, you know, if you can handle that, you can handle telling someone to put a mask on. Absolutely. Well, I don't think telling someone to put the mask on is, is the problem. It's having to tell someone to put a mask on 27 times a day and them still not doing it. Right. So like, what teeth is there other than just being like, all right, Karen, put your mask on. I think that's the, the larger conversation. If, if people can't be trusted in like a public restaurant, what hope does a residence hall have? I think the one, the one positive of this is for first year students who come in and don't know any better. And I do think, Typically speaking, early on, first-year students are almost like they abide by the rules and are like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever I'm supposed to do because they don't know any better. Uh, but I do think like once October hits, that's out the window. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I might beg to differ a little bit, right? I think it depends on when shit goes downhill, right? So we're, we're starting to see incidents of where bars and restaurants are are reclosing and shutting down because of incidents that staff have tested positive or frequent frequent flyers have tested positive or, or whatever right and so when the first college closes down and someone's friend gets thrown back into this online zoom zoom world what will the response be? And my guess is a lot of pearl clutching and then um, a lot of compliance. So it, it may happen to your campus, um, but I do think some, uh, some, some students will get some rude awakenings courtesy of friends who have also been impacted. 
so that's interesting. You think due to due to students getting COVID, you think that's what will get other students to start taking it more seriously? Well, I would say what what will make them take it seriously is when the reports start coming out that other campuses have closed. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because back in March it was almost like a universal wave of shutdowns. But you're saying if we start to see College A shut down, maybe the students at College B and C in the area will will take it a little bit more seriously because they don't want to have their their college shut. Is that, is that where you're going? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we were one of the first colleges to say, "All right, we're done." Right. Uh, and we were the devil uh, to our students for a couple of days until other schools in the area fell in line and they were like, oh my gosh, all right, this is everyone. I'm not as angry. And so when when students start to realize this is more than just their bubble, that changes. And so I would be hopeful that they would take it more seriously when things go awry for others. Not yeah. that it's great for those that it went awry for the first time. Right. right. No, I think that does make sense, though. I think that makes sense. I mean, I think it's higher ed, you know, can't fathom a full closure this fall. I mean, just like I think we're still coming to terms with what spring meant. Um, and, you know, it's what is that tipping point? for institutions, not only internally, but, you know, as part of the higher ed landscape, you know, you, uh, UMass Boston announced they're going fully remote this fall because they're a heavily, heavy commuter campus. They have a lot of first generation students. Um, they have a lot of, um, you know, black students and Latinx students. And, um, you know, those communities have been disproportionately affected here in Boston and a lot of these students are coming from multi-generational households so they're you know they're they could be putting family members at risk and so they made that decision early to say we're gonna take the safe route and go remote this fall um you know and good on them so that it doesn't they don't have the large outbreak in September and they're not part of you know the third or fourth wave by then because I mean we're still not even out of the first wave yet so um, I'm just wondering what that what that tipping point is, and you know. I thought I saw a, a southern school, a pretty large school, and my brain says Clemson, but it might not be Clemson, so we apologize if that's wrong. It's something like if if they get 150 cases, then they oh. will have deemed it as they need to shut down and move to all remote. Well, they got 30 already. So, <laughs> for real <laughs> yeah um, but yeah that tipping point's a great question and I, I think it also it's it's hard to answer that thinking about what is your capacity for isolation for quarantine how easy can you provide those services mm -hmm. um, because that all that all goes in there my so my firm is doing some studies for a couple different institutions on space for academic classes and stuff for detensifying your campus and i mean i think i think the problem is we're ha we're halfway like we're not halfway through summer but like at this point if you haven't started this construction planning and you want to reconfigure spaces to de-densify or make spaces 
more suitable for, you know, smaller class, like smaller class sizes and stuff, you're way behind the game already. Like that's the, that's the problem is like, we're way too close to August and September for these things to adequately happen. I think a lot of people are going to realize with their July dates of, of making that decision is like, they're going to be way behind the ball at that point. And then it's going to, it's going to snowball real quick. Mm-hmm. I am curious too, if say in a month, month and a half, we are going back into our archives of our podcasts and reposting one of our episodes that said, how many colleges are saying they're going to open at full capacity right now so that their numbers go up and then tell us in August that we won't be running at full capacity, right? Because, I mean, we're already starting to see some schools who, I don't know how publicly they committed to to <clears throat> running operation, like fully operational in September who are already being like, huh, then we're going to do digital or we're going to do a version of digital. Um, I know I have NYU... One of the schools that po- their dean or somebody in their leadership posted something being like, hey, we're good to go. We're excited to have everybody back. Have already started walking that back a little bit with not everybody's going to be back. You know, like they're, the students who can not afford, but the students that don't need to live on campus will not be living on campus. And there's all these parameters are now being set, which is a different tone than what was said, you know, a month ago. So I, I'm very curious. I just feel like the landscape's going to continue to change drastically over the next month, month and a half. And and it makes sense, right? Like we're still getting a ton of information. So it makes sense that people aren't, you know, that the decision they made now is going to be different than the decision they're going to make in four to six weeks. But again, it just makes me question that initial message that went out from a lot of institutions that was like, hey, thumbs up, baby. We are good to go. So I'll be very curious. Obviously, I'm rooting for schools to be able to open and be operational, but I just, I don't know. You're just seeing, like, already, how many football schools who have some players back, and you're just seeing Corona go, like, right through right through the team, you know? All right, let's move on to another uplifting question. Um, <laughs> yeah. How sexy is Mike's hair on a scale of 1 to 10? That was definitely, go ahead, what are you going to say? 10. 10? Okay, that was... Definitely not the feedback I was getting. <laughs> it was not the feedback I was getting. I'm actually, I'm planning on trying to get a haircut tomorrow. And mm. I don't, I'm, I don't have experience going to anywhere except for like barbers. Uh, but I want to go somewhere and be like, do you, I need an honest, I need like a hair consultant. I need someone to look at this and be like, hey, is this worth investing in? Can we do anything <laughs> important with this that... Or do we need to just go back to a two on the sides, finger length up top, you know? Anyways. <laughs> These are the things I think about when I don't work full time. <laughs> Can we give a quick shout out to Liam's tweet the other day? Yes. It was just like, every day we get a little closer to reopening without a plan. Yes. It was just really... A beautiful montage of a tweet is it, what that was. It was really good. It There's been a couple that I've seen in the last... A uh, few days that have pissed me off that we didn't come up with that one. And Liam's is one. Uh, and then the one I sent you guys today that was like, um, someone else shared it with us too. Let me pull, this is good. We're just, our podcast is us reading other people's tweets. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? We're this, we're this far down the rabbit hole. Here we go. 
Ladies, if he's mysterious, vague, got you and your girls trying to decode messages, always keeping you guessing which way he'll go, that's not your man. That's your university's fall 2020 reopening plan. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right, let's so You sent that at 7.38 this morning, and I, now I just picture you like sitting there with a cup of coffee, <laughs> just like lightly, like, ex- like, huh. That's sending that to us. 100% what happened. <laughs> or just like super bitter, like, damn it, this shit. <laughs> no, that is. So both both of those reactions happen. It's a quick laugh, and then it's disgust. <laughs> and then I went and voted. So that's what I did. Hey, there you go. Good job, Mike. Thank you. Um, all right, let's 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 go on to another question. Let's try to move away from COVID a little bit. We'll come back, I'm sure, because it always comes back. Um all right they're all covid here's one all right uh, a young professional reached out and said what would your advice be for a yo pro in higher ed now i told them right away leave but if we were to take this optimistically what would our advice be development or alumni work um i grad i Came out of grad school after the 08-09 recession, uh, or I was in grad school right after the 09 recession. And when I was searching out of grad school, it was res life and alumni positions and development positions. That was it. Um, so anytime there's a recession or colleges are hit hard, alumni and development are going to be looking for people because for they need to raise money for the college. So get into Get into giving, learn how to talk to alumni, and set yourself up well if you want to stay in higher ed for a, for a bit. I love that that's how we feel about residence life, because you were like, there are two things, two things that are available during a recession, and then referenced one. <laughs> three things, there will be three things that survive a nuclear apocalypse. Share, cockroaches, and res life jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, really really good advice and what i would say is divest in your skill set right like whatever it is that you think you want to do in in higher ed start learning more right um i think the the number one thing someone can do going into this field right now is to be nimble and to not get trapped in that I am only passionate about being a really great RD because I was a really great RA. That is the best way to become irrelevant very quickly and to be open to a broader path within the field. Um, I think about just the challenges of young pros getting hired right now. Um, People leaving while there are hiring freezes and suddenly they're other duties as assigned are much greater than what they started as. And so the, uh, the faster you become nimble, the, uh, the more places you can be plugged in, right? Is I, I tell my staff frequently, right? Like you have to make yourself valuable in a time when budgets are tight. And if you can prove your worth and your value, it'll be, it'll it'll be more difficult for someone to want to furlough you or to cut your position. And so how do you make yourself more valuable in keeping that at the front of the mind is 
is really important right now. Yeah, and I would I would build on that by using my career services training and and saying keep good notes of the work you're doing, keep good records of the impacts you're having as you stretch yourself. Because while it's great to protect yourself in case you get furloughed or your position gets eliminated, it's also great to pack that parachute so that way when you, if you do get, uh, you know, a position eliminated or something like that, you do have to go back into the job market or if you're starting into the job market now, having that, that backlog of information that you're able to speak to on your resume and interviews, things like that. Because again, we know student affairs, higher ed in general, they're going to post a job and they're going to have a hundred resumes for most positions by the end of the month. You need to stand out. And what Jason's talking about is explicitly how you can be the person that stands out in a job search. Um, having a generic resume in a time of improbable and never before seen overlap of responsibilities is not going to serve you well. If you can't come out of the next two to three years explaining what Jason was just talking about, it, it's basically going to be like you never did it. So I would say everything Jason said with a caveat of take really good notes. Yeah. Take really good notes. And can we please stop being painfully generic? Like Billy said, like if you start your cover letter for a job with, I'm applying for this job because I'm really passionate about working with students. Cool, you're literally the only person in the country who is passionate about this field. <laughs> you have just set yourself apart, right? Like talk about what you do and why it matters. Right. Uh, and if, if you can't figure that out, there are plenty of professionals who can help you figure that out. Um, and I would, I would encourage spending money with a career development uh, uh, awesome. You guys want to do another question? Let's do another like, do you guys question. know, like, how long, like, the Black Plague, like, lasted? Oh, in dude, I was, I was having like this 60 years. I was having this conversation with my mom where she was just, she said something, and I was like, you, like, world wars go at least in Olympics. Like, we've got to yeah. hit, like, at minimum four years of this. So, one of my thoughts on a way to, to kind of think about when we come back from the Black Plague is looking at how entertainment is moving forward, right? Like the, the best case scenario for all of us would be when the movie industry or when say Broadway and live concerts pick back up, right? Because we, we do those kinds of gatherings. And when Broadway announced last week that they would be dark for the entire fall, yeah. I think that that should be a, a signal to a lot of us on what to expect. Well, that's a bummer. Just being the realist. Uh, I'd also mention, you know, Joel brought up the alumni affairs and, and fundraising, things like that. I, I'd say look into career services as well. I've said multiple times that if I had found career services earlier in my career, I probably would not have left my student affairs career. I probably could have. I probably could have squeezed another decade or so out of that. So. Don't don't think that just because you want to go into student affairs means you have to go into student activities, res life, you know, those 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 juggernauts of, of positions and openings. There are other there are other roles that you can definitely pursue beyond the big two there. Um, another question we had, uh, when will the higher ed market recover? And Jason, you said to follow Broadway. So we'll check back <laughs> in when Broadway opens up. That's kind of when the higher ed market will recover. Um 
I'm just gonna move right through that. <laughs> I mean, Hamilton's coming to Disney to Disney Plus, so oh. we're doing fine. I mean, what I love about that question, though, Mike, is the uh, just the the wildness of that. Someone thought we might know enough to have an answer to that. Yeah. Um, that we're just not. Uh, Four dudes who have truly no clue what's going on. <laughs> and only one of us working in higher ed. I also think, like, listen, I'll tell you when it recovers when higheredjobs.com starts sending me a weekly email again. I haven't gotten one of those weekly emails in a long time, and I have, like, a couple metropolitan areas in that search. So i tell you right now. Maybe they just know. Maybe they've, like, located my name, and then we're like, well, let's get them out of there. What day is Pat Robertson predicting is the next day the world will end? Yeah, let me tell you. It'll be the day after that. The day. Higher Ed recovers. <laughs> we just got a shout out to Higher Ed Jobs real quick. <laughs> we have tweeted at them. We have tagged them on Facebook. We have done so much to try and get on higheredjobs.com to get on their radar. And they don't give a one shit. iota of a shit about humans of higher education. You know, shout out. Shout out to the higheredjobs.com in your era of thirst right now. You know you know what's jobs. great too about them is that most of our content directed at them is is not their fault. It's somebody else posted, like somebody sent <laughs> right. them that. So really, really we're hollering at all of you humans human resources coordinators out there being like, Hey, stop putting twelve dollars an hour as your salary. I know that post went a little viral last week. Not it wasn't one of ours, but somebody else posted it out there, being like, "What the hell is this?" And it really was a twelve dollars an hour salary. <laughs> that was me slamming my head. Um, I just want to be friends with HigherEdJobs.com. We're not looking for money. We're not looking for anything. Yeah, we just want to banter like Wendy's does. Yeah, I like. What's the downside for humans uh, for HigherEdJobs.com? Like, there's no downside for aligning with us, you know. Joel, they don't need us. We need. I'm, just, I'm excited for when higher ed jobs slides into Billy's DM with offers of freezer meat. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where it's gonna start? <laughs> and Jason's DMs with real meat. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> and that right there. Is the downside for higher ed jobs come <laughs> partnering with us? <laughs> All right, let's we'll get through a couple more questions. Um, oh, somebody asked us. Somebody asked us about uh, the online South by Southwest EDU conference and what our thoughts are on it. And I I told them in real time our thoughts are I I thought we were doing it, but I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has insight on that. I don't. <laughs> no, I, I think we uh, didn't follow up with uh, details in time. All right, let's edit this out and blame somebody else. <laughs> we, we did a podcast episode where we kind of went into meme gate. Yeah. For me, that's all I needed. I don't need to go set up a Zoom call through southbysouthwest.com to feel like we covered it. We covered it on our podcast. I also love the idea that our podcast is better than South by Southwest EDU. That's what we're saying, really. Like, that you can get more out of our free subscription <laughs> than you could by registering for South by Southwest EDU. The problem about saying this right now is we won't 
get invited back. <laughs> we have to resubmit. <laughs> I mean, are we really going to cause another controversy big enough to warrant us speaking about it at South by Southwest? Probably. Is South by Southwest yeah. really going to let us come in 2022 or whenever conferences return to existence to well, talk about something that happened in, I don't even remember, was it summer 2019? May. I will say, this. here's, yeah. the, th- here's the thing. We average basically once a year somebody with a doctorate degree, degree coming at us. So I <laughs> I do think we pro- there's, chances are we will have something that is overblown. I'm really good at writing conference proposals, yo. Like I can, I can swing anything. I got this. I, I think what I would say, and I'd put this in the proposal, Jason, that I, we are not interested in doing a panel, but we're interested in a live podcast recording. You know, they do live podcast recordings at South by because I have been to them, and yeah. they're great. The other thing is, they come with open bars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the way to go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's great. I've I've seen some amazing people from Crooked Media at South by before they were huge with open bars. So like you sit in relaxing furniture and you drink a beer and you get to listen to people who you enjoy. Be everyone with us. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your questions today. It was very helpful. Uh, we'll probably we like doing question episodes every every month or so. Uh, and if you listened last week, you get to hear Alana Anderson, which is very exciting to have a guest on the podcast. And I think moving forward, every couple of weeks or every other week, something like that, we'll have a new guest to get another voice in here. So be looking forward to that. Uh, maybe this episode we had music. Maybe not. But we're going to have music soon. That's cool. Uh, but as we wrap up this week and we wrap up every week, let's talk a little bit about some stuff we are looking forward to. Let's end on a positive note. What do you guys got for me? Um, I'll go. Uh I am moving uh, on Friday, uh, staying in Boston, but moving to a new neighborhood and upgrading uh, in space. So that will be nice. Uh, Trying to sell a condo and buy a condo in the middle of a pandemic was quite the experience. Yikes. But you did it. You made it. We did it. We did it. All right. What else? What else are we looking forward to? I'm uh, also looking forward to Joel moving, considering that (laughs) next week is a uh, four-day week that coincides with uh, 4th of July um, and a day off, and uh, going in, seeing a friend in real time, uh, socially distanced, uh, is really going to be the highlight of my summer. So super pumped to reconnect in person very soon. Nice. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, earlier I mentioned the last two weeks have just been a, a busy whirlwind blur. And I've got about another week of that ahead of me. But then after that, I, I mean, I'm hoping that it's all just going to ramp down a little bit. Hopefully. So I'm looking forward to that. And I, I thank Jason for reminding me that there is a, a day off next week. Yeah. So I, will, I will treasure that greatly. It, what was that? It's my uh, my dog coming back in from the, from the outdoors. Good. Let bear out. By the way, big shout out to Bear for being the poster child. Yeah. Uh, the poster dog. For and, uh, our, thanks to our, everyone our pet for parade. Yeah, everyone sharing their pets is amazing. That was great. That was a great post. We needed that today. Um, 
<clears throat> I'm not really, I don't have anything right now that I'm looking forward to, but something that I will share uh, that I am, I guess, kind of looking forward to is Mayor Bill de Blasio is, is, is just like missing the moment quite a bit right now, and today he shared that he's working with Macy's to put a little light fireworks together for the 4th of July. And for those of you not living in New York, there's this weird thing happening throughout the city where fireworks are going off every night. And it's just been so fun watching leadership miss the moment, being like, oh, you know you know what would make New Yorkers feel a little bit better is if we organized fireworks while everyone's being like, hey, why do we have fireworks going on every night? So he and, the, and he is also someone who is who is like supported the police while the police were like, we don't like you. So it's just like fun watching him just fail miserably so i'm really looking forward to what's next because that was fun to wake up to today where he was like like he's like you know what the, you know what my people of new york need organized fireworks and it's just the man the man is just swallowing l's at an incredible rate i'm excited that really is what i'm looking forward to which speaks to where i'm at all right this was good guys it was great it was great to catch up with everybody billy good to have you back Good to have Billy back. If we had a soundboard, we'd insert some like applaud noise right there. <laughs> All right, everybody. I don't know what we'll keep and what we'll edit out, but we'll see you <laughs> next week.